0: Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. So hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the EHE podcast. This week, I am delighted that we've got Julia Waller here with us from Strategic Coach, who talks about unique ability, which you will have probably heard about in some of our previous podcasts. And Gary is with me today as well. So hi, Julia. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary.
1: Hi, I'm oh, no, great are to
0: be here. Everybody okay?
1: We're great, thank you.
0: Julie, you've joined us from really far away, so I'm not even going to ask about the weather. We normally have a 30-second weather chat. but uh, yeah, you're It's in- a little cold here,
1: we won't talk about it oh. <laughs> in Toronto.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, and um, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to having you on. I thought the best thing to do is just to kick off, if you could just give us a bit of an introduction about yourself and your role, and then we can talk a bit more about unique ability, if that's Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I would love to talk about unique ability. It's sort of my, one of my favorite topics to, in the world to lather on about. So yeah, I'm a team member at Strategic Coach. It is my 25th year anniversary this year, which I find hard to believe. I must've started when I was two. And uh, uh, so I've been at the company doing various roles over time, but since we're a company that's based on unique ability, which is really what your unique set of talents and passions that drive you is sort of bottom line definition. But basically it's, you know, what, Hey, what's Julia good at? What does she love doing? And how can we use her talents in the company towards the vision of the company? So over the years, I've sort of carved out my little niche, and that is really helping other people figure out what their unique ability is. I love talents. I love people. And I love to have deep conversations about what's important to people, how they're wired, how they operate, how they think, how they feel, how they do, what's unique about them, and then help them do more of that. So that's kind of what I do with our clients. I do that with our team. And then I get to talk about it with wonderful people like you.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And Gary, you're a big advocate of discovering your unique ability. I've heard you and Guy talk about it quite a few times, haven't you? Well,
2: I'd say it's unique ability is probably the cornerstone of Gigi Goat. It it hits you so hard as an entrepreneur, you know, you go through some difficult times in life. But unique ability is a real grounding for for me and just about everybody else in the programme. It's such a cornerstone of your whole being. And I think I've been lucky enough to spend time with Julia, with her uncovering my unique ability, and it made such a difference.
0: Was, like it, talk a was it what you thought it would be or expected, or is unique ability often quite a surprise to people as you go through that process? Well, it's a
2: really good question. I think you have a bit of an inkling, but not in the detail. You know, you have sort of like a blurred image, if you like. You're looking at the TV screen, it's a bit blurry. But this absolutely gives you HD quality of you and what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And actually, I'm not going to say too much more now because Julia will give a far better impression of what it is to be. <laughs>
1: No, I think that was, if I can jump on what Gary just Mm -hmm. said, because you nailed a couple of things important. First of all, you're right. It's the cornerstone of Strategic Coach because our whole premise for growth and for growing and expanding your freedom and happiness is based around what you love to do and how you uniquely create value for other people in the world. And entrepreneurs are you, you're out on the cutting edge of creating value, right? Everything depends on the value that you create for the marketplace and that's how you get rewarded. And, and that all depends on you and, and what you bring to the party, what you bring to the marketplace, what you bring to your family, everything. You bring your unique ability with you everywhere you go. So the more you can design your and organize your life around your unique set of talents, the more growth you're going to have, the more money you're going to make, the more results, the more fun, the more meaning, the more impact, all the good things happen when you align your life around that unique ability. And I think for some people, it's a great question I about, is it a surprise versus it's something you know. And a lot of people come in, they're very foggy, and I think it's a perfect analogy. It's like there's a fog over You kind of have a little bit of a sense. You're like, well, this is how I am, and this is how I think about things. And a lot of our clients are visionaries. They can see things, or they're super competitors, or they're great at building relationships, and they have all these different talents and strengths. But A lot of people take them for granted. They just kind of assume that other people are like that too. And I think we all do that as humans because we're we're inside the bottle. We can't read the label from inside the jar, right? So we, we downplay what we do. We get frustrated when other people don't do what we do because we think, well, why can't you see that? It's so obvious. <laughs> Meanwhile, yes. they're looking at a completely different canvas mm-hmm. than you're looking at, right? Yeah. So as a visionary, it's your job to explain the vision because I can't see, I can't, I'm not a visionary. I can't see the vision, right? So I look at Babs and Dan to explain the vision of our company and then I can latch onto that and contribute in that way. So I don't know why I was born with a drive for clarity. That's why part of the things I like to help really get specific and put words around defining. Once you've got a language, you can talk about it, which is also part of strategic coach. Then you can use it. You've got awareness now. You've got consciousness. You're taking something that's sort of unconscious and natural, and you're making it conscious. Mm. Then you can lean in. And I think that's what gives you that competitive edge, Gary, which I know you're always.
2: Is there another process in the world that can do this? I don't think there is. I think it's a unique process, actually.
1: Well, yeah, our our process is unique to strategic coach for sure. And Dan and Bob's have been doing this since the beginning. I mean, Simon Sinek has his start with why concept and and there are parallels. And I've read his book around how to be a unique, you know, how to be a coach for that. I'm like, oh, I'd be a good coach for his process, right? Because it's kind of what we do. I like ours better, of course. And we use other tools to help define and give that language because there are great tools out there that can help you define your strengths. Again, because we just take them for granted. Can you just talk us through some of
0: the steps that you would go to to find find out somebody's unique ability?
1: Absolutely. So one of the things we do is we have people send out a letter to pick eight or 10 people in your life. that can be colleagues, they can be clients, they could be family members, friends, whatever. People that you trust, that you know, who know you, and you say, hey, what do you think my unique ability is? And you don't even have to describe what unique ability means. What, what characteristics describe me? What do you count on me for? It's sort of like how you want to be used by people, how people value you, right? So we go to an outside source because again, we're, we're kind of blind to our own unique ability. So, and, and then we ask a, a trusted audience and Dan always says, when you ask the right audience, the audience is right. So we ask for feedback and then we take in these letters. So usually people like, Oh, I, you know, Hey, there's a consistent answer here coming through our answer set of answers, right? Your unique ability has multi it's multidimensional. It's not, we wrap it down into one sentence, but it's got a lot of elements to it, right? We're multi dimensional people. Even if people did nothing else and did that letter, I think it's really it's, hard. Yeah. Garrett, do you agree. remember getting those letters back, right? Oh, i tell
2: you, it's, it's, it's almost life changing. So, really, mm-hmm. is quite a, a moment, really. Yeah? What I loved about it is that you you give the email to send. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, so, you give it a template. Stop and tail it, and off it goes. And it is amazing what comes back, actually. I think that's the most powerful part of the both set.
1: Well, that's why the process to me starts as soon as you send the letter, right? And you know, yeah. you can get the letter uniqueability. We have the template there. You anybody could send it out. So even if you just did nothing else, I would send out that letter and and take the feedback. And the key is you've got to take the feedback seriously. Don't slough it off and say, oh, well, that's what the new. This is your audience that you count on. It's kind of the stuff that people are going to say, you know, at your funeral. But why not hear it now, <laughs> so that you can yeah. actually
2: yeah. do yeah.
1: something with it and you can hear it. And take it in. And yeah, so that's part of it. And we have a couple of assessments that we use. We use the Colby, K-O-L-B-E, colby.com. That was created by this amazing woman named Kathy Colby. She came up with this theory that there is a certain way of doing things. It's called it's the theory of conation. So it's not personality. It's not an affective feeling assessment. And it's not your intelligence. It's not cognitive it's a third piece of the mind, which is uh, conative, which is how you act, how you strive. So when you're solving a problem, there's four different ways. I won't go into the specifics, but it's also another very eye-opening and heartening and confidence-boosting assessment because all of a sudden you look at it and you see it's very simple, which is one of the reasons we like it too. It's four colors, four bars, and you end up with four numbers. And you know my yeah. numbers are opposite from my sister's, for example, and we work together as well. And so all of a sudden, if I've been trying to do things the way my sister does or thinking I'm doing things wrong or not appreciating how I do things, all of a sudden I'm like, wow. You know, and a lot of our clients maybe didn't fit in so well in the school system, let me say. So all of a sudden, you know, they've been finding shortcuts. They don't necessarily go into a lot of detail or need a lot of detail before taking action. They're big risk takers and and the school system doesn't reward a lot of those things. So I think when you get your Colby result back, all of a sudden it's very affirming. Gary, you can be yeah. speak
2: to that too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and almost a hundred percent reliable when you're recruiting. You just know if you're looking for someone who's into detail, if they're not high in those first two numbers, you just sort of see you later. You know, because yeah. it's so it's so accurate. Really.
0: So would you use this, Gary, in your recruitment process yeah, now, 100%. once you've understood that you've understood it, right?
2: I use I use all the I'm sure you're gonna describe Strength Finder, which is another one. I use Strength Finder, we use Colby. I also do a personality one as well because I quite like that. There's a free Myers Briggs, I know online, just to add into the equation. But yeah, absolutely reliable, useful. Yet, yeah, What's really good, I think, when you use it as part of recruitment is even if they don't get the job, they've gone away with something that is different yeah, and valuable to them, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think very that, valuable.
2: Yeah, and I think that's always I like that as a process that someone can go away a little bit wisely if they don't get the job.
1: Colby has a whole process called Colby right fit that that matches up a colby with the role itself so that you get a match because there's no good or bad colby, right? They're all wonderful, they're all strengths, they're all unique to the person, but if you put me in a role, you know, Gary that I have to go and start doing cold calls, you know, and make stuff up on the spot. I'm going to be, I, I might be able to overpower and use my intelligence and learn and figure it out. Right. But it's going to be very draining and you're going to get a lot of burnout at the end. So you want to go with people's natural way of operating. And that's the whole idea of unique ability too. So yeah, we use, we use Clifton Strengths. We don't use Clifton Strengths for hiring. Technically, you're not not really supposed to, but it's a phenomenal tool. You can kind of ask questions to get an idea of where someone lies, whether they're a relationship builder, influencer, execution, or strategic thinking. There's four different kinds of strengths, but well, there's 34 themes, but within these different categories, yeah, it, it's very useful for growing and developing and figuring out where someone fits on your team. So we do that as soon as someone's hired, we do that immediately as well. And there's a third one we use that's new that you can get access through strategic coach, really called print, which is your unconscious motivators that are very deep below the surface. One of our coaches, Adrian Duffy, introduced it to us, and it's a phenomenal. It's sort of like the third piece of the puzzle that <laughs> explains things about people. It's kind of like the the Colby gives you how you do things, how you take action. The Clifton strengths will say sort of what you apply that action to that you're motivated by, and then the print gives you the why, the why that's driving the whole. Ship. So you put those three things together, and it's a very good picture of someone's unique ability, and it's very useful for team building for hiring because you want you want to have everyone as much as possible working towards being in their unique ability because that's how you're going to get the whole team in flow. You're not going to have to, you know, this is the idea of the whole self managing company. You've got people there; they've got their own energy for things. If you're doing something that's A fit for you, and you love doing it. You're not going to have to manage the person, and you know there's no cracking the whip with that person. They're going to take it and run with it, and go in, and their creativity is going to be beyond what you can even imagine. Okay,
0: and I I was just going to say, Gary, back to that the hiring bit. I suppose from an entrepreneurial point of view, once you've understood your unique ability, it gives you greater clarity on not just the roles that you're trying to fill, but the skills or the type of people that you need to fill those roles. Does it?
2: Yeah, because. It gives mm-hmm. you confidence to be not good at things. That sounds a bit weird.
0: Want, yeah, I, yeah. It's,
2: it does because it's a bit like, you know, I'm no good at admin and I'm no good at numbers and I can work out the numbers and what they say, but I can't put them together. So it gave me at the time, I'm going back 15 years now, maybe a bit longer, but it gave me confidence to go, you know what? I need a PA and I need a finance director really quickly. And I can just about conquer the world. Well, I thought I can, you know, so that, it knows where to plug your gaps and give you confidence to go, no, I'm really good at this, but I'm rubbish at those things. So let me get people in my team who are great at them. They're in their unique ability and off we start. And that's how we started quite a few companies, really. And, uh, you can use well, that...
1: Yeah, exactly how you design your team. That's what Bob's and Dan did right from the beginning. Bob's just started peeling away activities from Dan, saying, yeah. hey, "Hang on, let's put you over here in this activity. You're really good at talking to the clients and coaching and coming up with new ideas. Let's get someone else to collect the payments and you know do all that admin stuff, right? And if you start, you know, if you're a startup entrepreneur and you're starting. Usually at the beginning you kind of have to do everything, right? Yeah. But, and people, the problem is when people, you know, years down the road, they're still doing everything, and they haven't they haven't taken anything off their plate, and they forget that now they're in a the next phase, and now it's like, well, wait a minute, now I I pull out, let's pull out a list of all the activities that I do. It's another part of our process where you list all the activities that you spend your time doing, do a little in- inventory, and then you classify. I mean, you can even just simply classify: is it am I good at this or not? You know, and and I think being okay with acknowledging. Usually it's hard to acknowledge you're not good at something unless you can acknowledge you're already really good at certain parts, right? So what's, yeah. so unique ability gives you that confidence to let go of certain and not try to power through and just try to make it work, right?
2: But that, that point you raised there, Judy, I think is really valid. But if, if the entrepreneur, after, say, five years, is still doing everything and not recognizing unique ability, the chances are they're not going to be successful. The chances They're not going to are. grow.
1: They're not no. going to grow. And they're going to be so, I mean, I had a client who was ready to sell his business. He was so exhausted and so, I'm like, okay, I know underneath that pile of activities on your shoulders. I mean, he was sitting up in, uh, he ran a car dealership and he was sitting up at his office doing paperwork and he hated paperwork. You know, he really loved talking to the sales guys and coming up with new ideas and new marketing plans and everything, but he thought he should. So the should is sort of the key word here. Anytime, and entrepreneurs have shoulds too, even though you've got probably more freedom than most people in the world, right? But we all have shoulds, you know, even as a parent, oh, I should be the one to do this. Well, what if that's not your unique ability in the house? You know, maybe your husband's better at that than you, or you're, you know, you get someone else from the outside who can come in and mow your lawn, you know, you don't have to be the one to mow your lawn. So I think the shoulds are something that anytime you hear the word should, it's it's a big red flag. It must be quite liberated, I think, because there's a
0: real trend around things like linkedin etc particularly with respect to entrepreneurs that there's this expectation that they should do everything and it's part and parcel of being an entrepreneur that you know you get up at five and you've got to do the sales calls and do the admin and that you know wear all the hats but actually you're giving people permission to focus on the things that they're good at in order to grow which must be really refreshing to be given that permission, and up, that, I suppose.
2: You know what? That's absolutely right. That is so right. That is almost the crux of your entre- entrepreneurial growth. Where they also fall down, and I've done this myself, is cost. So as you're growing the business, they go, well, I'm no good at admin, but I can't quite afford mm. an admin person. Yeah. And that's where it goes. But you actually, you need to flip it and go, I can't afford not to. I'm so yeah. valuable over here. This is where I create my money. That if I don't get an admin person, it will stop that creativity and value being driven, and that's sometimes hard for people to get their head around. Actually, mm. but they yeah, have no, to.
1: We, we, have we do to. a little mindset shift in 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 strategic coach around switching from looking at as a cost to an investment. Yeah. You know, because because and uh, you know, an investment is salaries over time, and the, and it's going to you're going to get that return on that investment, right? It's not the same as just an out straight out cost, a one time thing, but it's also an investment in you. Which, which, if you don't have the confidence in your own unique ability, it's hard to invest in yourself. But every team member you bring on is an investment in you and in your future. Right? So, but if, if you want to grow, I mean, we have people who want to grow 10 times. We want to have people with big ambitions. You're not going to grow doing activities that you're not very good at and you don't love. I mean, that's just kind of common sense, right? And and anything that you are doing, you know, those admin things, and you're probably not doing the greatest job. You're probably pro- procrastinating a whole lot. You know, it's like, if you give me, even a, me, give me a big budget spreadsheet, I'm going to, it's going to take me five times as long as someone else who's good at it to do. So I should probably fire myself from those types of activities, right? If you had a team member who was doing it at that level, you would have fired them. So why not fire yourself? Yeah. yeah, you keep taking it on, and so it really is a mindset shift. I think Gary, that you've mm-hmm. gone through uh, through all your years.
2: Yeah, ahead. definitely, it is a mindset shift, and and coach helps us enormously to do that. Transformational, actually, as a, as an individual and awareness. I always thought I was a reasonably aware person, but my God, it went to another level of coaching and these these tools, really.
0: Yeah, which
2: is all helpful for the business and the growth and success and happiness actually that's the key one you mentioned that right early on it's like you're happy if you're doing what you enjoy doing and what you're good at if you're doing as you said spreadsheets and things that really drag you down and sat your energy I actually sometimes I go back into those if I start something I start oh I'm back and then I'll recognize it quickly oh get something else get out of it get out I'm feeling stressed
1: is that why we've never been on a spreadsheet Gary yes yes (laughs) Now I just want to point out too, because I don't want to keep dissing spreadsheets, because I know people who love spreadsheets. Yes. They yes. love them. And so there's all this thought in your mind too. Well, who, you know, to you, it's maybe an activity that's really draining and, and you don't like it, but that's someone else's gold, you know. They love doing that. Yeah. And so you gotta also think that way. Just because it's not your unique ability doesn't mean it isn't mm-hmm. someone else's. I know people who like to clean the fridge, you know? <laughs> <Stuff like that. laughs> yes. say,
0: really? Some people have made a career out of cleaning the fridge oh, and put it on right? Instagram, haven't <laughs> yeah. they?
1: <laughs> totally,
0: exactly. It's, yeah. No, that's really interesting. And I loved the example you gave about the car dealership entrepreneur. I just wondered what types of feedback or examples have you had from people once they've identified their unique ability, how, how it's changed their their business or their life? Obviously, Gary's a huge advocate of
1: it, but are there any other examples? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much every person I meet with and anybody that goes through coach has, has a whole bunch of transformational stories that happen over time. So, you know, I, I, there's so many examples of people being freed up. So there's kind of freedom from, and then freedom to. So they're freed up from, I know people have completely given up their emails You know, they just don't go on it anymore. Their assistant looks at it, they answer it. So now they're freed up to either take free days, go on holidays with their family, for example. You know, they're, they're freed up to go come up with new ideas or look strategically at the business instead of doing the day to day stuff. So a lot of visionaries will get someone to take over sort of the operational stuff, right? And then they get out of the weeds. So, you know, I've got huge stories of people becoming way more successful. I mean they're just making way more money, right? They're having way more fun doing it. They're they're seeing new opportunities that when they were kind of mired down in those weeds, they couldn't see those opportunities. So they're they're having a bigger impact in the world. You know, they're they're going out and creating. I've had some people create new new product lines or new new other new businesses because they've used their energy, their unique ability and then they've got the team up and running in one business and now they've gone and they've started another one. Or now they're investing in. I mean, there's 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 people who've got multiple things on the go now because they're freed up and they're only using their unique ability in the certain parts. I know it's sort of a general answer because each story though is is an example of more and more freedom, more and more happiness, more and more impact. I can't. I, I tell you, know. you,
2: when uh, when I first joined Strategic Coach, Dan said to me, "I was I was in the audience sort of thing," and he. He could see I was clearly an, a stressed executive running around like an idiot. And he said, you know, the less you do, the more successful you will be. Yeah. And I, I was perplexed. walking,
1: I walking <laughs> Yeah. So what
2: the hell? You know, I, I was the mindset that said the, the more hours I do, the more successful I'll be, blah, 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 blah. And now it is so true. And I think you have just touched on it there where you say freedom. You know, the less you do means you've got more thinking time, more freedom to come up with more ideas and thoughts, which really drive the
1: success. And I think it's hard to get your head around, but it's true. Is that fair? I think the most successful people focus on the fewest number of activities. Yeah. (laughs) I think you've, they've, they've done studies on billionaires and the most successful people in the world. They really have a very narrow band of where they, where they really work. Right. Yeah. And then they've got all these other, we are sort of unique ability teamwork. We call who not how, because it's, we find other who's instead of us thinking we have to do the how all the time, we find other who's, which are the team members, right. Or they could be technology, or it could be outsourcing, or it could be someone a collaboration with somebody that you just, that you meet and they take over the things that you're not good at. So yeah, whatever you are born with and are come here to contribute, whether it's new ideas or visions, you know, you can go and create new visions. You can create new things that that are more fulfilling and more fun and that that challenge you and help you grow, right?
2: You can't do that if, if you're doing all the mm. things you're not so good at. You can't. You haven't the bandwidth. You're yeah. trapped.
1: trapped no, yeah. You're trapped. So uh, the creativity that comes out of it too, I think that's another big thing. That really, really gets unleashed because now your mind is free, right? You're not walking around stressed all the time, trying to handle everything. And I think Dan Dan talks about simplicity as you grow, because if people think that life is going to get more complicated, they're not going to grow. They're going to hold back their ambitions. So you want to grow in a way that things actually get simpler. And if you focus on your unique ability and then just use who, not how, that's a pretty simple framework. And it actually keeps things really simple. If you're not good at managing people, then you have a who who manages the people for you, right? You don't have to be the one to do it. So it's always giving yourself permission, like you said earlier, Irene. Mm, It's very much about permission.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. So interesting. And there's loads, maybe we'll get you back in a few weeks. (laughs) and I think (laughs) think there'll be loads of questions from people about it because there's almost no downside to it, is there? Everything you've said makes complete sense. It's just kind of working through that process. The final question I just wanted to ask you is just something we ask everybody who comes on the podcast now. So what would be the one piece of advice you could offer to entrepreneurs today? This could be anything about anything.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I probably stick with my zone of, <laughs> of joy, which is unique ability, but I mean, be yourself, take yourself, take your talent seriously, appreciate yourself and go all in, you know, play These are the cards you're dealt. And play your cards as well as you can, but don't wish you had other cards. You know, appreciate your own cards; they're pretty cool. People do a lot of cool things with the cards that they're dealt, right? You've seen they're they're pretty inspiring mm. what people can do. So yeah, be yourself and go all in, bet on yourself. Brilliant, yeah, you'll you'll have a great life.
0: Oh, that was amazing! Thank you so much. Anything else from you, Gary, today?
2: No, I just think entrepreneurs need to think about this. It's you know these things are easy to talk about. We've done it in twenty minutes. If you really take the time on unique ability, it will change your life, no question, if you Brilliant. take it seriously and focus on it, Brilliant. particularly entrepreneurs who have lots of conflicting things in the head, simplification.
0: Okay. And there was a couple of books you mentioned when we were chatting before we started to record. We'll pop the links in the description of the podcast today, but all the information, anybody that wants to find out any more, what's the best way of them getting in touch
1: yeah. So strategiccoach.com, we've got tons of resources for entrepreneurs. You'll find lots of articles, podcasts. There's tons of... <laughs> Dan's very prolific. You can go to uniqueability.com as well. That's where you can get our book, Unique Ability 2.0 Discovery. It's really sort of a it's actually a coaching process, really, in a book. You can take yourself out for coffee, go through the exercises. There's a notebook that goes along with it. We walk you through all the steps. I put as much coaching in there as I could to get people to go through it themselves. You can go to Colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com, Gallup.com has the Clifton Strengths assessment. And then you'll have to go to wireuniqueability.com to find out about the print assessment brilliant. too. You can go there.
0: So thanks, Julia. Thanks, Gary. That was brilliant. Really interesting. I think the entrepreneurs. In our community, we will find that fascinating, and hopefully, we'll get to talk a bit more over the coming months about unique ability. Just to remind everybody, we do have the EHE community, which you can join. There is a Slack group in there, which enables you to have conversations with other entrepreneurs. There are also invites to meet with part of our investor community and focus webinars as well. So there's lots of opportunities for you to get involved in the EHE community. We'll pop the link in the description box. And it also allows us to send you the podcast and all the blog content and the collateral that we're creating that will help you grow on your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.